1110 wbt Pete Callender here. 704-570-1110 and 1-800-WBT-1110. Talking about this uh, galactic collapse of FTX, this cryptocurrency uh, company, and it's associated with Alameda Research. It's Look, it's all very like, – if you just boil it down to its essence, right, it is simply – You've got this currency, you've got this Wild West, you know, unregulated atmosphere, and you've got uh, people chasing tulips. You know what that is? The tulip, right? The whole... It's inflated value, people's perceived uh, valuation of a certain thing, and they go racing for it and like, oh, I like this, I like this guy, and he's selling me this thing, and I trust him, and there's this perception of value, but at the end of the day, oh, I hate that term, and I said it again. Sorry. So they have this perceived value, and then there is no value. And once people realize the emperor is wearing no clothes, everything collapses. And that's kind of what we see here. And the guy who was running this, a fellow by the name of uh, Sam Bankman Fried, I call him, but uh, Freed, if you want to be grammatically correct. But I don't like calling him Freed because I like the word free. I like it. I don't want to associate it with him. Now, if he gets away with all of this, then I will call it, I will call him free. So everybody calls him, though, SBF. This guy was invited to speak at all sorts of conferences. He was this, you know, wonderkind. He was, oh, my gosh, he's the next Warren Buffett. That's how Fortune magazine dubbed him. Michael Green writing at Common Sense News. He says uh, the guy wears, he wore shorts, schlubby socks and sneakers on stage with Bill Clinton and Tony Blair. But Bankman Freed, oh, darn it. But SBF was worth an estimated $32 billion at his height. Wouldn't just be a financial oracle like Buffett. He would also be the second coming of George Soros. By the end of the midterm election cycle, he had become the second largest donor to the Democratic Party. Over the past few days, all of that has come spectacularly undone. Tens of thousands of people who invested their savings on on, on uh, various FTX exchanges have likely been completely wiped out. FTX employees have quit en masse. And the guy, Sam Bankman, according to reports, he's been taken into custody by Bahamian authorities after holding up at an FTX headquarters with his father. So he found he founded this company, Alameda Research, and because he started off by trading cryptocurrency into South Korean markets, and he was like, "Oh, look at that! They they charge way, you know, way more, or the the values are way higher for Bitcoin over there." So he would buy them low here and turn around and sell them high there, and he made his all this money. And then he started this Alameda uh, research, and then they started doing all of the exchanges. Built FTX; it's its own exchange. Okay, it launched in Hong Kong, unregulated, so this way he could avoid U.S. Uh, Regulatory environment, which is not that much, but it's still more than Hong Kong. Then in 2020, FTX moved to the equally unregulated Bahamas as the political climate in Hong Kong deteriorated. With both of his parents being Stanford law professors, Sam was well positioned to understand the legal gray areas in which he was operating. But offshore banking is standard practice in the crypto world, so those geographic choices attracted no additional scrutiny. As FTX took off with the pandemic-driven crypto boom, so did a carefully cultivated cult of SBF, Sam Bankman-Fried. 
Only two years after FTX founding, the company purchased naming rights to the Miami Heat Stadium in a 19-year commitment of $135 million. Deals soon followed for college stadiums, a Mercedes Formula One team, National Baseball League umpire patches, partnerships with Tom Brady and Giselle Bündchen. Oh, there's another relationship that's... Okay, never mind. In short order, profiles of the boy genius appeared everywhere. Skipping ahead in the article, it's a very lengthy piece. Um, He was doing it all in the name of future charity as the popular face of a movement that is labeled effective altruism. That was the name I was searching for, effective altruism. The venture capitalists at Sequoia, the powerful investors behind Silicon Valley success stories like Google and PayPal, they were taken by him or taken in by him. Right now, there are some 100,000 claims against FTX, by the way. They're saying there could be a million claims filed against this guy in the company. So Sequoia, venture capitalist, they weren't alone. He managed to raise more than $1.4 billion from various investors in different rounds of of capital, uh, uh, capital raising over the Last week, all those investments appeared to have gone to zero. FTX, Alameda Research, and 132 other related entities have declared Chapter 11 bankruptcy. Sequoia has written its investment down to zero. All of this makes the shenanigans at Twitter, which incidentally has been integral to the flood of information coming out about FTX, Right, what's going on at Twitter? You see all the media focusing on Twitter and all of this stuff with Elon Musk. And, like that's that's nothing compared to what FTX is. FTX appears to have raised capital beyond the venture capital previously highlighted by issuing its own token. That's what they do in the crypto world, right? You issue your own token. It's a the it's 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 nothing. It's just a belief in something. It's it's a token. It's or, you know, there's blockchain or whatever. There are these different ideas behind them, but these tokens that they issued, they called it FTT because they're all about the acronyms. Functionally, this is the same as selling unregistered non-voting equity shares in the company. They issue super voting shares that left them in control of the enterprise, regardless of the views of the shareholders. By simultaneously owning the exchange, FTX as well as Alameda Research, the largest trader and market maker on the exchange, Sam Bankman-Fried was able to dictate the price of the token and create the illusion that the value of that token was substantial. And by, by making it look like that was valuable, it made the, uh, the largest trader, Alameda, and the exchange itself look valuable. But it wasn't. It was all just fake. It was smoke. He was able to use the FTT token like company shares. He would pay employees and vendors in FTT rather than U.S. dollars. It was all like monopoly money, but without the paper. He provided significant funds so he could buy influence. And yes, he did try. Unfortunately, as is often the case, SBF's ambition proved his undoing. If you're going to if you're going to issue non-equity and uh, control it, sorry, if you're going to issue non-equity equity and control its price 
through manipulation schemes, you have to closely control the supply. This, according to the piece, again, this is Michael Green at Common Sense News. You got to control the supply. And that's where things went off the rail. So FTX has this PR blitz uh, in the spring of 2021. And this is where Sam makes his miscalculation. So probably because these investors like Sequoia Capital get in and they're now urging um, urging him to buy out his China-based partner. Okay, Sam's got a partner who's based in China. The guy's name is Changpeng Zhao. This is the guy CZ, because again, with the acronyms, CZ is his name. Changpeng Zhao, CZ. He is the founder of Binance. That is a rival exchange to FTX. And it simply would not do to have a partner under investigation for money laundering by U.S. tax authorities, which is what CZ was. So they're like, "Mm, you know what? Hey, how about you buy him out? Rather than pay with unwanted dollars, SBF, Sam, says, hey, CZ, hey, Changpeng, how about I just buy you out with the FTT tokens? Because that's how I'm paying for all this stuff. So then the crypto boom turns to bust. The need to support FTT amid unbearable losses across the crypto universe led to Alameda Research to buy far more FTT than it was selling, which left its balance sheet composed almost exclusively of these tokens. This closely guarded information then leaks to the press on November 2nd and within days disaster strikes because Changpeng Zhao apparently sees an opportunity to take out his protege by dumping a half billion dollar hoard of FTT tokens and put him out of business. The dumping drove down the tokens prices. They put it put a run on the exchange. Clients started pulling their money out. It was just like in Mary Poppins. That's when we discovered SBF's real game. He had used the assets of clients of FTX to prop up Alameda's balance sheet at some unspecified point and had built a backdoor into the accounting systems to evade detection. It is an absolute no-no to tap into client funds for company activities. We have to wonder if SBF saw the writing on the wall and had hoped to achieve a similar outcome with his donations to the Democrat Party by becoming too big to fail. Oh, sorry, too big to jail. Reminder, the Carolina Panthers and Charlotte FC are going to be hosting their annual tree lighting festival presented by Atrium Health. It's on Tuesday. It's going to be again at 5 p.m. It is free, but tickets are required to get in. It's going to be uh, at Mint Street and Graham Street, obviously outside the uh, Bank of America Stadium there. They're going to have hot chocolate for free. they got photo booths, letter writing areas. Um, you can make a fleece blanket and uh, fill out holiday cards for patients at the Levine's Children's Hospital there as well. So a really good event. They're going to have Sir Purr, Sir Minty, the Top Cats. Oh, and also Santa. Food and beverage options available for purchase from local vendors. And remember, the NFL clear bag policy is going to be in place for the event. So uh, if you have some time, you are interested, go check it out. Great cause, great people, great organization. Uh, 5 p.m. Again, the Carolina Panthers and Charlotte FC hosting the Tree Lighting Festival on Tuesday starting at 5. All righty, so 
Uh, I know I'm probably going deeper on this whole thing. This uh, the this SBF, FTX, the crypto implosion. But this thing has got tentacles into all sorts of stuff. It's got you know the political donations. I'm going to get into this uh, side of it. It's got uh, you know the the use of of wokeism as a cover. Uh, the use of ESG. Right. So now you're into the finances. This is all just cover for for a scam born out of an ideology, a philosophy that his mom obviously inculcated in him, which is nobody's responsible for the crimes they commit. It's a a, a philosophy from Foucault and Nietzsche, it, like that you're just a victim of your circumstances and you could not have made any other decision except the ones you made because we really don't have free will. We were just products of our environment. That's it. Your parents' wealth, your economic uh, status, all of these things, it's just, you know, not it's not your fault. Which, what does that say about this guy? It's not his fault. He came from privilege. In every way, shape, and form, this guy was privileged. All right, so uh, as, his, uh, as his competitor and partner, which is weird, but this Binance uh, guy, this Chinese guy, uh, Cheng Peng, or sorry, Chang Pen Zhao, or CZ, they call him. Um, Sam Bankman freed, he goes to his partner and he's like, hey, why don't you, um, uh, why don't you take all of our tokens here uh, from our crypto exchange that, you know, we issued and we're the biggest market trader in. So why don't we uh, just, I'll, I'll buy you out. Here's some FTT. And then November 2nd, information gets out that Alameda Research, the biggest trader, which is also owned and operated by Sam and his girlfriend. It's like, oh, hey, you guys owe more than you have. And that leaks out. People start dumping. And Cheng Peng Zhao says, aha, takes the opportunity to take out his opponent, dumps half his uh, billion tokens. And Sam then tries to get a bailout. He goes to Cheng Peng Zhao and says, hey, uh, would you like to buy the whole thing? And CZ says, yeah, no, thanks. And then they filed for bankruptcy. According to Reuters, at least a billion dollars and potentially up to $10 billion of client funds have gone missing. In an apparent hack, perhaps by a disgruntled insider, FTX's bank balances have been drained. What else here? Again, this is Michael Green at uh, commonsense.news. So what's the conclusion? Just because the price of something is going up doesn't mean it has any underlying value. That goes for Princess Diana Beanie Babies or Pogs. And it goes for crypto and NFTs as well. I saw somebody post something that apparently Justin Bieber bought some NFT. I don't was it non-financial token or something? I don't even know what it stands for. I don't care. Like these people who buy these NFTs, and it was like a picture. It's literally a picture of a monkey. And he bought it for like one and a half million dollars. It's a non-financial token or something like that. It's worth now like $30,000. Why is it even worth that? It's ridiculous. This is the whole thing about the tulips, right? Where everybody went nuts buying the tulips. And they thought this was in Holland. And they were like, oh, my gosh, the tulips are awesome. We love these tulips. They you know, found them on these trade missions or whatever or these expeditions to the Far East. And, oh, these are beautiful. And people just sold everything, like literally all of their possessions for tulips, for seeds. They had no place to plant them. They had no property. They had no house. They had no flower pot in front of a house. They had nothing because they sold everything they had for these tulip seeds because it was a signal of wealth of some kind. 
And then one day somebody wakes up and they're like, hey, that's just a flower. <laughs> and no value. All of a sudden it all collapses and people realize they've made a terrible mistake. The important decisions that are going to be made over the next several years are going to unquestionably bring us closer to the next evolution of money. Whether private, which this author believes is highly unlikely, or state-sponsored in the form of a central bank digital currency that carries its own considerable risks. It's almost certain that change in the monetary system is coming. The industry as it exists today is built on a foundation of memes and lies. The crypto industry. The objective has always been to drive panicked buying of a speculative asset as the FTX saga demonstrates yet again. There are real issues with the global financial system and the misinformation spread by the crypto industry has delayed rather than accelerated reform. This is a, uh, this guy, Michael Green, is the chief strategist and portfolio manager for Simplify Asset Management, and he has been in the financial markets for more than 30 years. Okay, so he does not strike me as a, he's not a pro-Bitcoin kind of guy, seems like to me. Now, protect our future pack. That's what we're going we're gonna to talk a little bit. This is the majority of the political donations that this guy, Sam Bankman Fried, that he gave went to the Protect Our Future PAC, a group founded in January that's dedicated to boosting candidates committed to doing what? Preventing future pandemics. Yeah, he was going all in this January, 2022. He was, he was putting... His money into pandemics, preventing pandemics into what? Big pharma, more shots, more, more mandates, government. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. A couple of emails here to get to. This is from Tim. Pete, regarding SBF, I wonder if Hunter uh, Biden is an advisor to SBF. Sounds like a perfect business partner. There you go. He says, I always wonder about a guy with a hyphenated last name, too. Just like, uh, just like that, just you, okay, I don't. This is a, I don't know. Was this voice to text here? What happened? Just like the woman with two last names. I don't understand what you're trying to say. Okay. But thank you, Tim. Uh, maybe spell check that before you send them in the future. <laughs> uh, Pete, you have no choice other than to believe in free will. There you go. That is from Blair. Jay says, yes, I know the tulip crash. Even my daughter knows of the tulip crash, but she went to private school, not CMS. Her history teacher was a conservative libertarian with a PhD. So yes, she knows. <laughs> she knows about the tulip crash. Yeah. Um, and then I got this from uh, GJM. GJM says NFT stands for non fungible token. Thank you, non fungible token. Also. Why is fine art worth anything? It is art, which is usable for nothing other than a, uh, a hanging on display. I disagree. <laughs> no, art is worth something, and it varies in value, obviously. No doubt about that. I mean, it, you know, the value of a piece of art is dictated by what someone is willing to pay for it, how rare it is, and what someone is willing to accept for it, right? I mean, all of these different factors... 
uh, play a role. Uh, the the difference, though, between that component of the valuation of art versus an NFT is that art actually does produce something. Otherwise, it's not art, right? Art produces something in the, the viewer, the one who experiences it. There is a value in that you see it, and it is art. An NFT doesn't doesn't do that, does it? I would say there's a status symbol attached also to art um, that may, to a very lesser degree, exist with NFTs. I don't think it comes anywhere close. And maybe it will in the future, where people can say, "Oh, well, I have you know, I've got a Bitcoin," and so people, "Oh, he's got a Bitcoin." There's only so many of those, and wow, that's really cool. And so maybe there is some sort of uh, status that attaches to having a certain NFT. Um, But right now there is a status that is way more, you know, elevating when you have certain pieces of art. But no, I, I think at the core, it's that art actually does inspire something in the human soul and NFTs don't do that. And they're not designed to do that. Right. So, Um, but it does provide a little bit more than that. But yes, I understand the idea of value, but all of these things, this has been my criticism of, you know, when you take the dollar off of the gold standard and now it's not attached to anything tangible, it's people just believe it has value because we believe it has value. And if at some point we stop believing the dollar has value, we're all screwed. That's, and, and when you have Congress, Federal Reserve monetary policy that devalues our dollar, that is you know, doubly unhelpful because now people are given a reason to think that the the uh, the dollar doesn't have value or it's losing value. You've now put us on this pathway. So what else here? Okay, uh, let me get back. This is Fox Business, by, a piece by uh, Thomas Catanacci. Overall, in 2021 and 2022, Sam Bankman-Fried donated approximately $38 million to various candidates and PACs, mainly giving his cash to Democratic candidates and left-wing groups, according to FEC filings, Uh, namely through this Protect Our Future PAC, which was uh, trying to boost candidates committed to preventing future pandemics, a.k.a. leftists. While Protect Our Future PAC appears to be a bipartisan group based on its website, it exclusively supported Democratic campaigns in the run-up to the election. <gasps> no way, really? Yes. But hey, let's not, let's not overlook the fact that Sam is sorry. He's sorry, everybody. He tweeted, quote, I'm sorry. That's the biggest thing. I bleeped up and should have done better. Okay, yeah, well, you know, $100 billion wealth just wiped out, people's savings and all. Oh, I hear you said you're sorry. I mean, what more can we do? The sudden collapse of one of the world's largest cryptocurrency exchanges rattled America's capital this week. Tony Rahm reporting at the Washington Post says lawmakers grappled with the wide-ranging fallout and began to confront the consequences of neglecting the surging financial sector. So here you go, media racing in to say, regulate, regulate. Which again, that usually helps the the biggest players because they're the ones that can afford the regulations at start. Only a few weeks ago, 
Top Democrats and Republicans alike had been cashing campaign checks and working side by side with the vanguards of the industry, including FTX founder Sam Bankman-Fried, as they labored to craft new regulation in the frenetic, cutting-edge digital space. Instead, Frankman, sorry, Bankman-Fried unexpectedly became a potential case study of the costs of congressional inaction. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, the reason why the guy pulled a Ponzi scheme was because. Congress didn't act. See, this is how, this is how, if this leads to regulations, Tony Rom of the Washington Post, he and his editors will submit this piece as part of a larger portfolio to win awards. Because they'll say our reporting led to regulatory changes. Look at us. We're helping. This is, it, it's such a, uh, well, I was going to say incestuous, but I know it, it is to a large degree. But this idea that, and I've talked about this, this it's a it's a symbiotic relationship. It is somebody complains about something or somebody does something bad. Media swoops in. They interview the victims and stuff. And media then immediately races to government and says, what are you going to do about this? And government then responds with some sort of law because they feel pressured to do so. And when that happens, then you end up with now what? More laws to enforce. And media gets to give itself uh, give itself awards, and the report uh, the the politicians get to pat themselves on the back because they quote did something. It's a it's the cycle. It happens all the time. So this is probably going to be another one of them. So uh, let's see here. Back to the, the lawyer tapped to lead the FTX in res- in restructuring and bankruptcy. Previously oversaw the bankruptcy of Enron and described the situation as, quote, a complete failure of corporate controls. Wait a minute. Corporate controls. Wait, are you telling me that there are certain rules or best practices or something that they should have been following, but they weren't following? Interesting. Investigators in the U.S. and abroad have opened probes into Bankman-Fried and his holdings. The Treasury Department has quietly placed calls to other large crypto exchanges to assess the risks of a broader contagion. And a slew of congressional committees have readied their own reviews, including a House inquiry announced Wednesday that could see Bankman-Fried testify under oath next month. But guys, I think we're going to be okay. I think it's all going to be okay. House Financial Services Committee. Right now, led by Maxine Waters, announced plans to hold a hearing on FTX. Thank you. Finally, somebody with the expertise in cryptocurrency is going to lead the probe to find out what went wrong at FTX. Maxine Waters, everybody. She's going to be the one to get to the bottom of it all. I feel much better already. Emails here on the whole crypto collapse story. This is from Stan. The same thing that applies to crypto, NFTs, FTX, also applies to our real question mark. No intrinsic value, Federal Reserve monopoly money systems as well. Yes, I agree. Uh, They just regulate all other competitors out of business, except for, of course, the ones who will play ball and donate to them and their political causes. When Trump said he knows how to stop them and drain the swamp because... I know them as I've played the game. This is what he meant and why they hate him so much. Okay. Um, 
Nova took a break from pushing climate change commie propaganda <laughs> to do a pretty decent show on crypto. The technology and concept are valid, but bad actors can certainly cause chaos, just like in any realm of finance. What it does do is it can bypass the banking financing systems, and governments don't like that. In fact, some of the some of the speculating FTX is a setup to discredit and bring more regulation to crypto putting it under the thumb of our financial overlords like everything else. Yeah, I am I am kind of curious about that aspect of it. Is this the is this the impetus for um well, does it give the cover for government to get involved in a way that they otherwise would not have been able to. There will be more support for the effort when they launch their digital dollar, you know, when they do uh, more regulation. They might not have been able to have that kind of cover had it not been for, like, an utter and completely galactic-level collapse like we've seen. So, um, oh, speaking of government you can trust here, the FDA, and really, who doesn't trust the FDA on this stuff. Um, in, a, in a major first for the food industry, the U.S. Food and Drug Administration has declared that a lab-grown chicken product, mm, lab-grown chicken product, developed by California food tech startup Upside Foods, Upside Foods, Upside Down Foods, anyway, they say it's safe for human consumption, setting the stage for a new food revolution in which the world's meat is grown in bioreactors instead of on factory farms. I don't know which one sounds better. <laughs> I'm not sure. I think factory farm has the word farm in it, so I like that better than the bioreactor. That word, that's kind of, I don't, I feel like that's going to make me glow in the dark. The November 16th ruling, which comes after a rigorous evaluation period, Oh, yes, totally rigorous, as rigorous as our vaccines. Is the, uh, it's the first and biggest of three hurdles that must be cleared before the Berkeley-based company can sell its, quote, cultivated chicken. That's what they prefer to call it. They like the term cultivated chicken instead of lab-grown Frankenstein meat or something. <laughs> it's cultivated. Look, they, they need to come up with a different name. It's just... You, I don't think you should be able to call it chicken fillets. That's because that's what they're calling them, and I don't think you should be able to do that. I don't think that's fair. I think that's false advertising. Look, if that guy is going to get to sue Texas Pete because they're not, it's not made in Texas. Guy buys one bottle of it for like three bucks, and now he needs damages or something. Like that's then these guys should not be able to call what they're growing in some lab uh, off of stem cells. They shouldn't be able to call it chicken. My wife came up with, I think. A very good term for it instead. She called it chickenish, which I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Also, I don't think you should call it a, a fillet. I think it should be called a fillet. So you, you just throw another L in there and now it's a fillet. Okay? So it's a chickenish fillet. I think that's fair. I think it's close enough. People understand kind of sort of what okay, or maybe go with trans chicken. Maybe do that. It does it it identifies as chicken. It's genetically kind of the same. But it's not really, it's never walked around, it's never felt the, you know, the dirt between its feet, claws, claws, talons, yeah, okay, that's probably right. Um, the November 16th ruling 
comes after this rigorous evaluation period. Uh, the cultivated chicken could soon show up in grocery stores and restaurants um, is, uh, because this clearance now paves the way for scores of similarly made products, ranging from lab-grown beef to steaks to foie gras and even cultivated mouse treats. Not sure why you need mouse treats. Two six-packs of shiner, 99-cent butane lighter. Lucky strikes and a fifth of Patron. Ice down that igloo cooler. Take a guess at all to do her. I can feel a good one coming on. Throw in Ray Wiley Hubbard. Sing along to Redneck Mother. Any blues I had before are gone. Another working week is over No chance of staying sober I can feel a good one coming on Yeah, we gonna roll all night We gonna get the feeling right We gonna keep this party rocking Till the break of dawn Yeah, I can feel a good one coming on Who's getting treats for mice? Why do you need to cultivate mice treats? That's ridiculous. Is this a big market? Mouse treats? Oh, oh, it's for cats. That makes sense. Three blondes in a ragtop Mustang Followed us down to the lake And didn't have to think about that too long Skinny dipping in the bright moonlight Situation couldn't be more right I can feel a good one coming on Yeah, we gonna roll all night We gonna get the feeling right We gonna keep this party rocking Till the break of dawn Yeah, I can feel a good one Feel like a good one I can feel a good one coming on Alright, so look I don't want to get gross here or anything, but can you imagine what this chicken fillet thing, this chickenish fillet, is going to look like in the lab? It's going to be in some big glass tube floating around in some broth. It's got all like the stuff all attached to it and everything. I don't, I don't know. I'm just thinking once some of those photos start getting out, I'm not thinking there's going to be a big demand for this. But uh, what do I know? I'll see you Monday. Don't break anything while I'm gone. All night, we gonna get the-